take a time machine back to before the world went to hell. Around the year 2000. The 80s and 90s were so rad. The movies, the music, the TV, the games. That's what I want to talk about. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And continue the conversation on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content. And now... Less Than 2,000 with Adam Wentz and Chad Bischoff. Less Than 2,000. Now part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Today we have Mike Donahue in studio with us today. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? By in studio, uh, you mean separately at his home while I'm in a different state. So in studio doesn't mean what I think you think it means, Chad. And the luxurious accommodations. Well, I just, I like it. I like, I want everyone to feel like, oh, we're together. You know, like we all sound great. We're, we all, we all look good. We all know that. That's uh, Mike, Mike, you are a motivational speaker. You teach the youths of today, our future leaders of tomorrow. Um, I've, I've, I've gone and listened to you speak at schools uh, numerous times, uh, you know, traveled with you a few times. Uh, what got you into that? Well, I, was, I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. I was uh, you know, pretty much a street rat. I was um, South Boston. I uh, came from a dysfunctional family, the whole mess. You know, my dad left and my mom was... Uh, trying to raise four kids on her own, so single single parent, uh, self medicating with drugs and alcohol, that kind of thing. I ended up going in the military, got stationed here at, in Nebraska. Um, then I started going to church, and this is how it happened. A really pretty girl came up to me and she said, "Hey, do you want to go to church with me?" And I was like, "I would join a cult with you." So I ended up going to this church and getting involved with that, and and really got involved with with youth ministry. They um, they did a really good job at um at reaching like pretty much people like me you know so i liked that enjoyed that got trained up by that uh loved it so i uh, got involved in that then i when as i was a youth pastor i ended up um in littleton colorado and two of the kids that were killed in the columbine deal were in my youth group so uh it really motivated me to want to get into schools and speak to kids and try to help them with some self-worth issues and bullying and that kind of all the social crap that that kids are facing today so uh that's what got me into it nice that's awesome and and you have a brand new podcast uh coming up what's the name of your podcast uh talking to brick walls communicating with teenagers nice Nice. and yet (laughs) that's also a book right yeah just coming out this uh this fall Awesome. Cool. Now that we got all the plugs out of the way, what I'm really interested about, you one time, we, I can't remember what state we were in, but we were, you were, we were like 20 minutes away from going, going on. And you mentioned to me that Eminem is one of your favorite artists, musical artists of all time. And, and I don't know why it sounded so odd to me at the time <laughs> that a youth speaker would like something that you know as as my mom would maybe put it has such a potty mouth <laughs> and you know like i what what is it about eminem of all things that 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 really sparks you well i mean he's a genius i mean let's face it i mean his his 
you know the lyrics uh, his uh, the rhythm in which i mean the his cadence you know is is unbelievable i mean uh, i love the talent part of it but i think the biggest thing for me is i think i can resonate with the anger um we both had moms that were pretty brutal so i can resonate with that like when that when i hear him rap about anything i i and the the anger that comes out of him you know i resonate with and i don't think it's just me i think there's a lot there's a lot of people uh you know eminem's age and and maybe even you know younger that that resonate with that they they just do they resonate with that raw uh tough street kid stuff i just i just i've always loved it i mean it's rude okay. it's, i mean it's def- definitely you know rated r but so it was life. It's, life, it's more life than rated, rated R. R. It's, it's <laughs> rated more than R. Yeah. This, this is NC seventeen if I've ever seen it. Yeah. A- A- Adam, I just you're, you've got to just be you're just like itching over there because I know uh, I, I I I've got it on pretty good authority that you were not an Eminem fan. W- was not and am not, but I'm really happy to be tackling the subject, and I want to you know see if if maybe Mike can expand my mind a little bit, but I. This, this is going to be an interesting episode. I told Chad that he had to take the wheel on this one. You know, usually I'm Johnny Carson and Chad is Ed McMahon or, I, you know, or a more contemporary one. I keep Conan telling O'Brien you that's and Andy not Richter. true, man. There you go. There you go. But I'm like, Chad, you know, you need to run with it this time because uh, you be David Letterman and I'll be Paul because I, I, I don't have a lot of nice things to say about Eminem on this episode. Um, but I, you know, I've got an open mind and I, he has, uh, come a long way in the 25 years or so that he's been putting out music and he has evolved. I, I do take exception to the word genius. Uh, I think he's definitely very clever and I think he's got a very unique worldview, uh, and, and is, is, is extremely talented. I, I do go a little bit short of calling him a genius though. Would you like to? Tell us why you think he's a genius. Well, I'm not a musical guy, so it's hard for me to, to put that into words. But I, I, I like his music, and I like how clever he is. I don't use the word clever. I like how clever he is with music. And I think um, the way he arranges things, his arrangements are, are really well done. Next level. Next yeah. level yeah. is what that, they are. Thank you, Dr. Dre, for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well yeah. yeah. See, I think yeah. Dr. Dre's the genius. Dr. <laughs> yeah. Dre's the genius. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's the he one that on really. That. Yeah. But he's a genius for lining up with them. I mean, he's he's that's he what I mean. Up with them. He knew what to do. He knew where he knew he where he where he wanted to go. So he he lined up with the right. You know, definitely the one hand washed the other. There's no doubt. But also, here's the thing. When I I remember as a youth leader, this was one of the reasons why I followed him as well. Is I was I pull I was at something in Ohio I was I was I don't know what I was there for but I'm at the light and I look over and there's a guy probably in his late twenties and he's rap he's Eminem songs on I forget which one it was but he knew every lyric I mean and he was in a trance he was just going and I was like you know what I need to pay attention to this guy because uh, not the not the guy in the van but uh, Eminem because. People are singing his songs, and they're resonating with some with with this attitude that he has. And that's again, that's what I start. That's why I started listening to him because I'll just tell you, my church, 
didn't didn't want any of us listening to him. I mean, they, it was taboo. I had to hide I the CDs. I can't imagine why. <laughs> I ha- I hid the CDs in my office because I, I didn't want grown, anybody to know. You're a grown ass man, and you're <laughs> hiding your CDs. <laughs> I was. Your, I think it's funny albums. you took him to you took him to the office where he, yeah. <laughs> he, you took these to the office where you could get in major trouble, Mister. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, so his his first studio album, The Slim Shady, came out in 1999 in February. I mean, I was, we were months away from graduating, and I think this is literally what I was bumping in my '91 red Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. Hi, my name is what? My name is what? My name is Slim Shady. Hi, my name is what? My name is what? My name is I will say we said next level in his, you know, abilities to rap and and all that kind of stuff. I do got to say, I think he's come a long, long, long way since that first album. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, that's that's his best one. That's his best song right there. That's the most clever (laughs) and witty song that he has and the least offensive. I like the line. uh, I drove nine inch nails into my eyelids. Which Spice Girl do I want to impregnate? I'm like, this guy, (laughs) this guy is funny, he's witty, I'm on board with this stuff. And then every other song, (laughs) I just, I mean, coming up with next Guilty Conscience, we'll get to that. Uh, But oh my God, oh my gosh, sorry. So I mean, the the, the thing about (laughs) this is, and I think this is the best way to explain this to somebody that's like, what's up with Eminem? especially with this album, it was really meant to be almost like a horror film-esque album. Every, it's very, very satirical. It's very shocking. It's very crude, rude, violent, and wrong on so many levels. But for some reason, I just loved it. And I understood, I, it, I, I, I felt like I understood Eminem. Well, you're kind and, of an angry you know, white guy too, aren't you? I mean, aren't you kind of an angry white guy? He's not at all. Yes. He's the least <laughs> I mean, angry no. person we know. <laughs> he's, he's not uh, yeah. Michael Douglas from Falling Down by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, Guilty Conscience comes right after this. That first tr- uh, that first track, right? My name is. It's it's yeah, and this this is the one that features him contemplating uh, raping a fifteen year old girl. Uh, this is the one where he talks about shooting quote that unquote um, and decapitations. He uses the R word several times, and what uh, I I liked it at first because it was the uh, it was the the Dr. Dre was playing the conscience. And he's like, you don't want to do this stuff, Slim Shady, who I get is a character. Uh, But at the end of the song, even the angel, Dr. Dre, uh, says, quote, it, shoot them both, where the gun at. Um, So (laughs) 
<laughs> I I love I love Adam saying lyrics and, and, and not not and, and, and so it, it reminds me of a Rob Zombie film. It reminds me of those terrible Rob Zombie films that were just super gory and grotesque. And and I get that it's satire. I get that he was being cinematic and everything like that. And there's a similar scene in in Animal House where the drunk teenage girl is passed out and there's the character who's got the devil and the angel on both of his shoulders saying go for it man and he ultimately doesn't do it in the end of this one dr dre the angel is like f it shoot them both where the gun at so i don't know man it it just (laughs) i didn't like it at the time i certainly don't like it now but that's just my opinion mike what do you think what you did you not like the 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 just the lyrics and the, how crude they were or were you did you like not like the music or both well it's kind of hard to get past the lyrics and just focus on the music with something right. like that right 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 yeah yeah i no, mean I, that's that's I, 40 year old today adam in 99 just hated it because it was pop culturally popular that's uh, what, so he wouldn't give it the time of day then oh okay <laughs> Well, let's, yeah. I mean, let's just take a step back and talk about that. I didn't like rap by that time anymore. I had outgrown it, I thought. And I said this. I, I actually wrote down the words that were going through my head. Back in my day, we made fun of white rappers. We made fun of Vanilla Ice. We made fun of Snow. Uh, I get that Marshall Mathers is in exceptionally talented. The, the speed at which he can rap, the... The rhymes that he can come up with, he is an amazing talent in terms of rap. I mean, it's hard to even come close to somebody with as much raw talent as him. Right. And I will be the first to admit, I was jealous because I was 18 in 1999. And you know what? I wanted to be hanging out with Dr. Dre. Chad and I wanted to be rappers so bad we had our band, The Beach Crabs, and we wanted to be rappers from the early 90s on. So I was a little bit jealous. Uh, and I didn't give it a chance, um, but I have since given it a chance, and it still doesn't resonate with me. But this isn't about me. You're the guest. I want to well, hear, Mike, you're, you're, well, his, how you reconcile that kind of stuff. Well, well, I, well, I have to be honest with you. I mean, you know, part of it was, it, and when I read those lyrics, I was like, oh, crap. I mean, it's obviously not things that we, you know, want to talk about in youth group and, and, and condone, you know. But, but at the same time, I was probably a little edgy when it came to stuff like that because I, like I did a I did a whole um, series in my youth group called Coming Out of the Closet, and it wasn't about sexual orientation. It was just about revealing who you really are and being being real. And so when you know when he said I'm coming out of the closet and that that song, I know we're not there yet, but um, but that that to me, I was like, that's exactly what I liked about him was there was no pretension at all. He he is what he is. A lot of times with music and 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 even in the church world, there's there's a lot of pretension. There's a lot of bullshit. So it's like I you know this is, I'm cleaning this up for you, but it's not the way I really am. I liked Marshall Math. I liked Eminem because he was like, hey buddy, if you don't like it, I don't care. This is who I am, and I I really liked that. I appreciated that. I didn't I didn't adhere to everything he was saying or doing, obviously, but but I liked the raw unpretension this is who i am F- you if you don't like it this is this is what i am and I, I i think that's raw and i like it speaking of who i am uh and and i'm not trying to go all lawyer mode on you i'm really not but 
didn't we just talk about how this was a an act that this was a cinematic horror film that this was all played up for show but now you're saying this is who he really is well don't you hold on the first album was this he became on the set on his second album on way more authentic yeah yeah, I, I would say that. That's what I and I came in on that. I didn't. I wasn't in on the Slim Shady. The like, like I, in fact, I remember the first time I saw it on TV. And I, what was that video with all the white, white guys and white t-shirt, white wife beaters, and they had the blonde hair, the and real were, Slim, the real Shady. Slim Shady. I thought that was yeah, cheesy, yeah. and I thought that was stupid. But then uh, later you're on, wearing came, a white shirt, I know you're you're, you're doing it today. <laughs> it, it, you're wearing right. the thing you're trash. Where's the blonde hair, buddy? I know. Yeah. I'm getting old. Yeah, um, no, don't I, start, but, please don't start bleaching your hair, Mike. <laughs> I, you know what, though? Honest to God, I did. I, I, I did around that time. I had little like uh, frosted tips. I, I had did. frosted tips. <laughs> yeah, I did. That and, was the style at the time. It was. And I had a little uh, what a little soul patch right here too. Um, <laughs> did you dye that one as well? I honestly God did. I look I look oh like a pedophile. God, I love did it. you really? <laughs> Please find a photo of that so we can post it on our Instagram. I know I should. Please. I should. <laughs> Sequel Cast Two and Friends looks at movies and video games and franchises one movie and game at a time. Hosted by Matt Bradley Shurgi, Thrasher, and Alex Miller, been going since 2009, and we're part of the HyperX Podcast Network. The Hardcore Gaming 101 Podcast is on a mission to rank the top games of all time. I like the idea that when Bruce Wayne gets angry, he switches to the Batman voice. Why do you have such a problem making boomerang shaped like a bat? You mean like Batman? Not like Batman, just make it for me! Bruce Wayne, I can't even with this guy. It's a Herculean task, and I'd be lying if I said it hasn't taken a toll on our cognitive faculties. Most people would be happy to have a job during a global pandemic. <laughs> Dennis! Hardcore Gaming 101, twice a week, every week, right here on the HyperX Podcast Network. I can't imagine what it'd be like to be a mid in the mid-90s in Detroit and going into rap battles when you're a white dude and the only way he could survive and make it was his creativity and his unparalleled talent. I will give it to to him, to you, to all of his fans. He's incredibly talented. Uh and 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 obviously his relationship with his parents colored his worldview to say the least. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's who I deal but with. I, th- I I deal with kids like that all the time. I be mean, when I go into schools when when I'm you know wherever I'm speaking you're gonna have an element of those kids that have, are disenfranchised by life whether it's a dad or mom there's there's that raw element there and when you try to pretty it up and you try to make it clean and you you know spray some cologne on it that's an insult that's a that's an insult and that's why I liked him because he wasn't he was like hey f- you this is who I am I am this guy and accept me or not accept me now. My my, and he never wavered. He never wavered. He's right. he's always been that way. And Love my, him or hate him, my, always been that way. My like bucket list thing would be to be in a room with him and try to like talk that through with him. I would love that. I mean, this is never going to happen, but but <laughs> I'd I love would, to see that too. Please do oh, it on I, our show <laughs> or on your on it. your podcast. I would definitely listen to that. Are no, you no, no, do me? it on ours. <laughs> do it. On, we could do a little. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a little both. Oh man, that would be great. I'd love yeah, to I'd love see to chat that. with him. I'd love to chat with him because I can I can I can identify with that anger, but I'm not there anymore because I've I've gone through 
you know, I've, forg- I've forgiven the people who've hurt me and, and I'm past that. And I th- he probably is too. Maybe some of that now is an act because maybe maybe he has gone through some of the, you know, the healing that takes place. And I know he's got a daughter now who's, you know, in her 20s or whatever. So I'm sure he's had to make some moves. But Well, and some of know. his raps actually later in life actually do have that resolve. He even has uh, um, uh, a sort of a pro-positive message uh, to his mother in one of them and his and his ex uh baby and his baby mama okay yeah I, okay I, um, yeah <laughs> we're focusing on the 90s bro this is less no, than I'm saying he has much like mike donahue has evolved yes and isn't angry anymore i'm letting you in eminem did the same yeah, that's chad good. that's you, good you know how we're not, Chad, you know how we're not um, swearing anymore uh, on this oh, sorry. as of now. No, please, Mike, I, this is a point. I think maybe we're not keeping it real enough. I mean, we, maybe we aren't being authentic enough to our true selves by censoring ourselves as much as I have. I mean, I the only time Chad. I've sworn is, is, is on the, uh, when I'm directly quoting something now. Oh, okay. Um, it, it's, it's true. And maybe, maybe that, I think we need to take a cold, hard look in the mirror because maybe we got to just keep it real because I'll be, I'll, I'll be mid curse and I'll be adjusting on the fly and you'll call me out <laughs> on the show for it. So like, maybe yeah, I'm I'm an M&M. I've no, never cringe. You can, you can do whatever you want. You're a guest yeah. in, in our house and okay, uh, we love that. Well, did you guys know that he failed? He, he's, he did, he did ninth grade three times. He had to take his freshman year of high school over three times, and then he dropped out. And then he wow. was involved in a drive-by shooting <laughs> yeah. with a paintball gun. <laughs> Is that we talk about street cred on this show. Yeah. <laughs> he was in a drive-by <laughs> with a paintball gun. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's something that I'm sure he doesn't want out there. Like that, I, I bet he wishes that one would just kind of magically go away. Because yeah. that's, that's pretty he, lame. <laughs> he got his butt kicked by, by black dudes. Like, and, and he referenced that in Brain Damage. Uh, and, and so it, it must have been really tough for him uh, trying to fit into this. I know how tough it was for Chad and I, as fans of Digital Underground, Public Enemy, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, going through... I mean, <laughs> Our yeah, if it, if it literally <laughs> wasn't for Coolio, if it wasn't for Coolio making, <laughs> making, you know, uh, rap popular in the, in the yes. mid nineties, we would have been really outcast. I mean, when we first toured in eighth grade, when you did the high school tours, I was, I was the kid who was like, Hey man, so like, what do people listen around here? Like any rap? And he turned, looked at me and he goes, don't you bring that in here, man. Don't do it. You'll get your, you'll get beat. That was a teacher. And then. Yeah, that was a teacher and then literally like coolio comes around you know and and suddenly it's cool but imagine what he went through i mean think about this adam's first mention of white rappers were vanilla ice and snow right so like rap wasn't cool it was if you were a white rapper right you were an you were a cartoon character right right you were a joke and then here comes eminem and i mean again and dr dre giving i mean you get the the dr dre stamp of approval nobody's gonna mess with you right right you know his first he actually had an album before this that did i think it sold like a thousand copies it did nothing and then this this album was his first studio one 
And then that's, you know, went what quadruple platinum or some crap. Yeah. So, but imagine like those are your, so like, what are you like? A, are you like a vanilla ice? No, I'm not. A, just listen to me rap. Like imagine being in the clubs, what he went through. Yeah. No, I'm sure they beat the shit out of him. I, I'm sure that he got, you know, he got his ass handed to him. But, but that's a th- that's another thing I like about him is that, you know, he's come, he's come up hard. He's not, he, nobody handed it to him. Nobody handed it to him. He had Correct. to go after, he had to fight for it. And and he had to fight in a in a place that wasn't easy, you know. So yeah, I mean, I think I think that's all. All Eminem to me is not just the music; it's that whole timing of his personality and what what he when he entered the stage, what he was entering in the middle of. I mean, rap music was was you know incredibly popular among you know whites and blacks, but there was no white guys except for Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, so there was no white rappers, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, let's really. There were white pop wannabe rappers, mm. but I mean, yeah. uh, there was no true hardcore white rappers at the time. <laughs> I would listen to To the Extreme by Vanilla Ice a hundred times before I would listen to the Slim Shady LP again. <laughs> this was hard. And I got to be honest with you, I tried to listen wow. to the whole thing all the way wow. through to prepare for this. I had to give up at a certain point. And I'll tell you exactly what that point was. But after Guilty Conscience, there's a couple uh, songs, but then we get to 97, Bonnie and Clyde. This effing song is chilling. He's talking to his a toddler daughter about disposing the body of the mother of this daughter uh, for falling in love with somebody new. You have a new, you have a new stepdad and, and brother. And so now I'm going to bury your, your baby mama. Uh, you know, we're going to build a sandcastle. He puts it, your mom's in the trunk. She's taking a nap and he's saying this all to like, I'll always be there for you. Or what's the refrain? Um, it is chilling how dark and disturbing that song is. Do you think that's because the, the 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 cover, the album artwork, you know, with the the uh, the deck and the moon, has a body in the trunk? Is that supposed to be Kim? <laughs> like, is that his? Is that the baby mama in the trunk? I think it is. I think Dude. it is too. Yeah, he did this. He did the uh, Slim Shady EP in '97. That was the earlier album Chad was referencing that didn't go anywhere. And then he did the uh, Slim Shady LP with Dr. Dre and redid some of the songs, including using his actual daughter on this album. And he told Kim that he was taking his daughter, their daughter, to Chuck E. Cheese. When really he took her to the studio to record a song about killing her. And, then, <laughs> and he said, he said, quote, at the time I wanted to f- do it. Meaning he actually wanted to kill her when he was writing this song. And this song was so dark that Marilyn Manson declined to appear on the song because Marilyn Manson said it was too misogynistic. Wow, you know you've reached next level when Manson is saying no because it's too dark. Yeah, that's pretty I bad. I mean, he's like the prince of darkness. <laughs> he's in a lot of trouble a, right now, too. Close cousin, yes, close cousin. For sure. So I don't know, maybe Slim Shady got it out by developing this character and he could do it through his lyrics. He could kill his baby mama, you know, thematically in a song with his little daughter there singing along with him. <laughs> and, you know, 
And, and Marilyn Manson was all an act, so he wasn't able to really process it. So maybe he really wasn't able to work out his issues and, you know, the stuff about Rose McGowan and everything. Yeah, which is now why he's the one in trouble. Eminem was smart enough to purge his anger through beautiful lyrics with heavy bass. Beautiful lyrics. <laughs> Isn't that what you do, Chad? Isn't that what you say you do with your art? Because your art is really dark. And I'm like, Chad, you're such a happy-go-lucky person. Where is all this darkness? Where is all this death and murder coming from? I get it from? out in my art. I get it out in my art. That's what you're supposed to do. I mean, you're not a therapist, Mike, but you might as well be one. You could play one on TV. I know that. So, like, Put me in one of your movies. I mean, right? So, I mean, like, what would you say to that? I mean, like, like people that have the ability to purge through art like that that's got to be a good thing right i think so i mean i i think i i do that i mean when i'm speaking i i've told my story a million times like probably literally i mean i i've told it a lot and you know there's some there's some uh therapeutic stuff that goes on where you're sharing you know you're doing it to help others or whatever but you know i don't know it's okay to cross that line a little bit does this help others? Does 97 Body and know. Clyde help others? I mean, <laughs> I, I, it was so, uh, it, it really just sent a chill up my spine. I'm like, this is, this is haunt. This is the horror story. This is the horror movie that he's talking about. This is, yeah. this is messed up guys. <laughs> I, I had to take a break. I had to be like, okay, calm down. And then Role Model comes on a little later. It's a track or two later, Role Model. And that's making fun of people like me. Because it's making fun of stuffy people are like, you shouldn't say that. You should have a positive message. Turn that frown upside down. Take the negative (laughs) things that happened to you and make positive lyrics about kittens and bunnies. No, I'm going to talk about murdering your mother with you singing with me yeah right there next to me next on my side as as we bury the body so role model let me know he's aware of it it is satire he is he is totally mocking people who are saying you need to be a certain way or you can't say certain things and i and i get it i i understand what this is it just happens to deeply disturb me but again, okay, this so, is about so, you, Mike. so let me ask this question. So why, so do you think that he has a producer or are there as a somebody in his ear going, hey, listen, you need to this is where you need to go because there's a market for this. I mean, how much of this is marketing and knowing his audience and knowing what's out there and because everybody was listening to it and everybody could resonate with it? That's a really good question. Because ninety nine was like the height of the crazy extreme everything, the Jerry Springer, the Tom Green. The, the wrestling, you know, WWF was like so crass. All of that, just the height of, of madness and culture. And he epitomized it. And he really tapped into that thing that was going on at the time. The difference between you and him, he starts, you guys both come from a similar background. He decides to violently rap uh, evil lyrics towards you know w- women and 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 people and you decided to to educate uh, people in schools. <laughs> well, that's what. You know, but see, honestly, that's why I wouldn't. I would love to be in a room with them. Like if it was the real guy, I, this will never happen. But let's just. This is my fantasy of sitting in a room with him and, and ask. I'd ask him some pretty tough questions. I'd ask him if he's ever forgiven her. You know, if he still has that hatred in his heart for her and women in general. Um, and, and there's things you can do about that. I did. I mean, I don't hate women. I, I married to a woman. I've got four daughters. So, um, you know, 
there's progression. There's progression. I, I don't know. I'm always looking for people who overcome things and, and contribute positively. And, and one person becomes a motivational speaker for the youth of America and the other person does something completely different. So I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I, I commend you. I like the path you chose over Marshall Bruce Mathers, <laughs> the third. Somebody uh, said to me one time, they got my face. And at the height of my anger, at the height of when I was r- pretty angry about life and what happened to me and, and all that stuff. Um, and they said, listen, you have the choice. You can give your pain purpose or you can medicate it with whatever you want to medicate it with. And that challenged me because I want to give my pain purpose. I can't take it away. I can't go back in the past and change what happened to me and, and all the rejection and the hurt, the, all the crap that happened. But what I can do is is now make it go to work for me. And I love that. I love being able to look at a kid and go, I get it. I get it that why you're mad. I get it. But you don't have to stay there. And let me show you how you can get out of that. Having seen you speak so many times, I one thing that's undeniable is that anybody that gets a chance to listen to you speak is lucky. Because... We all know how many horrible assemblies we had to sit through oh for really yeah. bad speakers oh, <laughs> growing up. And, and, and at least with you, they get somebody who's authentic and real. And, and that's how you make real change uh, uh, for people. And so, yes, thank you for doing what you do. Appreciate that. 